Hi, and welcome to another episode of When Belief Dies. Uh, my name's Sam, and I would love to say that I'm joined by Dave, but sadly Dave is not with us this week. He's uh, got some family stuff that he's, um, he's, he's on with, so he won't be here today. But don't fear, I'm not on my own. I'm joined by Rachel. Rachel, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, so Rachel, I, I came across you on Instagram, and um, I just thought it'd be really, really good to to get you to kind of uh, chat through your story and chat through um, where you are with stuff. And um, and I guess just like kind of kicking off um, your Instagram um, kind of uh, handle, I guess is the, probably the right term, is um, yeah. is I Quit Christianity. And um, I, that, that, that instantly got me. I was like, ah, oh, this, this is an interesting <laughs> person. Like what was, what was, what was with that? Go on, give us some, uh, give us some story. Actually, okay. So um, when I went to go tell my parents that I was no longer Christian, that I, was no longer going to be going to church, all of those things. My dad brought up the fact that I've quit a lot of things in my life. <laughs> uh, like I never uh, kept continuing with art classes or these sort of things. And he's like, we just see this as like another another um, way that you're quitting something. <laughs> and um, so I just kind of, it, it, it was hurtful. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know what? I, I I quit Christianity. I did. So uh, because I feel like it's no longer serving me. And so that's kind of where the handle came from. And I was actually shocked that it wasn't taken. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I'll just use this. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a good handle. I'm a little bit jealous to be honest with you. I spent <laughs> must have spent like, I don't know, a good few weeks trying to work out like, what should, what should I call the blog? What should I call the podcast? What do I do? Like checking online, making sure like I can get the website and get the handles and stuff. But, yeah. Um, Good, good grab. Basically, you got you got a good one there. I think that'll see you through for a long time. I think it, you know, it's kind of a it's hit or miss. I think some people see it and they're like, oh, we know what this is, and then other people are kind of turned off by it, as if they think that I'm like anti-Christian and hate all Christians. Um, I do get some of that, um, but I think once you read my content, you know that I'm not that way. But um, you know. I think it does. It has turned off some people before. I've had people tell me like, "Oh, it's a little bit provocative or something." But no, it's good. It's good. I think I've had it similar with the whole dies element of my name. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, that's really dark. I'm like, yeah, but it kind of makes <laughs> sense works. if you understand it. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's weird. It's weird, but it's good. I think I think that's the important thing about these things is it it draws in people who are on the mm -hmm. same journey as you and want to be engaged with you, and actually it mm -hmm. brings people that wants to be involved rather than dragging people along in a journey they don't care about. It's people seeing, going, right. oh, I kind of want to understand that. I want to be involved, and yeah, I think it's healthy. Okay, so <clears throat> Rachel, I'm aware we've kind of spoken about the fact that you you have now quit Christianity, but it'd be really cool just for a few minutes for you to kind of uh, give us a little bit of the give us a little bit of the background between kind of how you were raised and the sort of faith system you believed in, and kind of what led to these kind of um, events where you decided to kind of step away from your faith. Sure. Uh, so I grew up in a very Christian household. My dad was always a deacon, um, and this was in the Southern Baptist Church. And, um, and I live in Oklahoma, which is uh, right in the Bible Belt <laughs> um, in America. And so um, everyone I knew was Christian, my entire family, my, um, my maternal grandpa was a pastor, my uh, dad's brother is a pastor, my mom's brother, I mean, just pastors as far as the eye can see in my family. Um, so it really is not even just, I, I like to say that Christianity is in my DNA. I mean, my parents met at seminary, um, you know, and I met my husband at church. You know, it's just the church was the backdrop of my life for my, my whole life up until about a year ago. Um, so raised in evangelical Southern Baptist churches all my life. And I would say by the time I went to college, so I went to university, um, Oklahoma Baptist University. So I went to study ministry. Um, I ended up, because when you're a, a female <laughs> in these um, these sort of spaces, you, you have to choose like children's ministry or missions. And I actually initially had chosen missions but the program uh, director, I just didn't see eye to eye with his his vision. And so I switched to children's ministry thinking, well, um, wherever I go, whatever I end up doing, 
I'll be working with children. And so, <clears throat> so my aim was to be a missionary, but to work with children wherever it was that I went. And so um, I was very uh, dedicated to my faith. It was something that was not only, you know, a, a building that I went to a couple times a week. It was daily reading my Bible, daily journaling, and um, and then it, and then it was my whole career path. And so, um, but when I went to college, I so being in being in the Bible Belt, being in Oklahoma, your faith you're surrounded by a very certain type of Christian. Um, not to be too general, but uh, all the Christians that I knew were Republicans and very conservative and all those things. I went to college and I met people who were from all over the United States, all over the world, even and had very different, they were all Christians, but they all had diff different kind of ways in which that um, manifested for them, where they were very liberal or very progressive, if you want to use that word. And so I, I started seeing that and being inspired by that, that Christianity isn't just this little box. And so that that was when um, I would say, like, they, they call it, like, making your faith your own. <laughs> I would say that was kind of when that happened for me. And I kind of realized that my faith is more open and more, like, I can see God in everything. And in, like, because I know that, like, during the era that I grew up, there was this push of, like, you don't need to be consuming any uh, content that's not, like, expressly Christian. You know what I mean? Um like get rid of all your secular music, get rid of all your secular movies, whatever. And I kind of got to this place where um, I'm like, well, God can be in anything. God can be everywhere. And I can find God in these sort of um, secular places. So uh, that was that. Was that. And um, I'll say I, I had moments of like doubt of course, always, um, as anyone does. But it was never something that, like, steered me away from Christianity in general. It was always, like, um, we call it deconstruction, right? So I started deconstructing, like, those kind of ideals. And then the older I got, the more I started deconstructing even more things. Like, um, I would say I was probably in my, like, mid-20s when I started realizing like oh I don't think that being gay is a sin and <laughs> that just seems silly to me um and and then um you know things like like I'm a woman and I want to be in ministry and I feel like I'm more qualified than a lot of men having the the degree that I do why is it that I can't lead um it just made no sense to me and and um I actually did work at a church for a time um, as a children's minister, and it was not a very good experience and uh, just a lot of like church politics and a lot of like um, the committees <laughs> like and this committee didn't communicate with this committee. And I ended up not getting paid as much as um, like my male uh, youth minister. And uh, when I found that out, um, not my man, you know, the youth minister of the church. Um, and I found that out and I was more qualified. I had more experience. I, because with my degree, I not only studied things, but I also had a internship. I had experience um, and I was getting paid less. And I just kind of thought that was dumb. <laughs> and my husband was actually very um, upset about that. And uh, so I ended up quitting that job and just feeling like kind of almost like I'd wasted my whole <laughs> my whole life putting myself into this this um, thing that was not treating me well. And um, and so speaking of my husband, so we we got married. Um, we met at a church uh, after college and he's always been what I would have called at the time, like a progressive Christian. He was, he's always been the type of person to like, challenge the, the status quo or to, um, you know, like, I, like it was kind of because of him that I started questioning a lot of these things like, yeah, why do we do the things that we do or whatever? And, um, 
so he was just kind of at a place where he was maybe even more like deconstructed than I was and he uh like I said didn't agree with the way that church treated me and we kind of took a big break from going to church for a while uh the two of us and so um then I got pregnant with my first daughter um we have two little girls now but uh that was just a uh, a thing, and I think this happens a lot, where I was like, well, I want her to have this sort of community that I had growing up, and while I could recognize a lot of faults within the church, I still did very much believe, and I did want that for for my kids. I wanted them to have this baseline of, like, learning about Jesus and having, like I said, the community, and so we went back to church. And by this time, we had moved, and we were closer to my family, so um, and his family as well, but but even closer to mine. And so we we started going to the same church that my parents went to, um, which I was kind of uh, hesitant to do. We actually visited a lot of places before, but uh, ended up liking this one the best. And so we were there for a couple of years, and um, the longer time went on there there were just things that I realized that I did not see eye to eye. Like I said, um, I had been to this point where I didn't believe being gay was a sin. And there was a time at this church that they uh, had us do these like liturgical prayers. Is that how, what you call them? Where they put the words up and you say them all together. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the things we had to say was, I denounce the sin of homosexuality. And I was there in the in the congregation like uh I'm just not gonna say that part out loud because I don't think it's a sin and um you know there's other things that went into it but that was that was a big one for me and and just where like I said where I'm located at there just aren't a lot of progressive churches and so I I started thinking about like, well, if I disagree with this, like what, what else, like what else am I not seeing eye to eye with, with, with the um, homosexuality being a sin and then women in leadership, uh, those were huge ones for me. Um, but then I just started having more and more doubts about just the faith itself. And, um, you know, I, I, I have a hard time like pinpointing exactly what like that's like the biggest question you get I think when you uh put your story yeah. out there is like well why like why um did you give this this thing up that meant so much to you for so long and I can't put like a finger on a, one thing it was really just like slowly slowly more and more things fell apart um for instance I've always been uh fascinated by cults and uh, like a lot of us are and watching these like documentaries where people get out of whatever cult they were in and being like you know look how and i think the the view was always look how they've perverted the bible they've perverted um this the the faith but then i started realizing well they were wrong so what like what makes me think i'm so right <laughs> you know what i mean um so that was something that um that definitely sparked me to start having questions, having doubts. And I still kept going to church after that, I would say for probably like six months or so. And every time I would go, I would just have this feeling in my gut, like I'm not, the words that I'm singing, I don't believe them anymore. Um, and I, I remember specifically, and I, I don't even remember the tune of the song, but I remember the, the lyrics were like, I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in, in like the resurrection and all these things. And I started thinking, I don't know that I actually believe that anymore. Um, and it just felt like a lie. And I'm the type of person, if you're into into the Enneagram, I'm a, I'm a four. And so like one of the, our highest values is authenticity. And I just felt like I wasn't being authentic. And that was tearing me up inside. I I hated it. <laughs> and so I finally came to a point and, and it really the um, like the anniversary of me leaving the church is like in a few days. Um, so I, there, I was up all night one night 
uh, we were supposed to be going to church the next day and I just had these like thoughts just going around in my head like I don't think I believe this anymore I don't think I believe this anymore and I got up and I wrote in my journal like I have the the entry like just like admitting it finally to myself for the first time not out loud but on paper <laughs> um that I just don't know if this is true anymore. And um, so I remember like I woke up my husband, I was like, I don't wanna go to church. <laughs> um, and that was kind of how, that was the first the first step. And I was like, well, I just don't wanna go to church, but I, I held off on having like the full conversation with him until later. But uh, I was like, oh, I just don't, I don't wanna go to church. And he's like, okay, because <laughs> he was fine with it. Um, and then as it became, you know, I thought, well, maybe I just need a break. Maybe I need to explore some other denominations. But something in my gut told me, like, no, this is different this time. Like, this is, this is for real. <laughs> and so I end up having the conversation with him and um, being nervous, but knowing, knowing that he wasn't going to be um, hateful or anything, but just having the conversation with him of, um, hey, I don't think I believe this anymore. And he was like, oh, well, me neither. <laughs> and he had basically confessed to me that he had been an atheist for a while and he didn't want to tell me because he knew it was important to me. And he knew that, um, you know, and he didn't want to risk anything in our relationship. And I just think that's so telling of the the type of um and, and my husband and I tell each other everything and we couldn't tell each other this one really important thing for fear um and you know that's a lot of you know in, in, in evangelical Christianity uh fear drives a lot of your decisions and and so um it ended up working out for me I know it doesn't for a lot of people but um you know that was kind of that's kind of the, um, the gist <laughs> of uh, my story and why we left. And... Gosh, I've got so many questions. Okay, so okay. I think um, a big, a big, um, a big thing that I kind of took from that is um, um, is the kind of in, inequality element within Christianity. Um, there seems to be um, within your story, kind of talking about like you know the differences between like um, especially women um, at the college you went to for ministry could either do uh, like missionary work, I think you said, or child kind of uh, ministry. There wasn't like a an option to do like pastoring or leadering uh, leadership or those sorts of kind of probably more traditional male roles. Um, I kind of just thought, like talk me through that. how how is that um how is that manifested um in 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 sort of college when you were there then? Is it just very much a kind of you're just not allowed to do these things? I you know I don't know that you're not allowed to take the classes. I'm not for sure on that. Um I know you can take all the Bible classes you want. I, I took several myself. Um, but as far as the like, um, so, you know, you have your, your kind of, your different, um, what do you even call it? <laughs> like colleges within co like your, your degree, um, group, um, and those, the ones that were there for like lead pastoring were all males. And, and I don't even think it was like, I think it's just one of those things that wasn't even like a spoken rule. It was just, yeah. you knew that if you were a woman, you were not allowed. And I know like not all churches are that way, um, but, but Southern Baptist were and still are very much um, only males can be like lead pastors. You can do other things, but you can't be um, like a lead pastor. Um I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I don't, I think it was yeah. just one of those things. It's so funny to me now, like, like I never really thought about it, but it really was just kind of like an unspoken sort of, you just knew. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's strange that I've, um, I've been in a few different denominations here in the UK and, um, kind of the one that I've just kind of stepped away from leadership in is, um, is a denomination called New Frontiers, which is bigger in the kind of like, uh, Canada and England and, uh, kind of Africa and, and Europe. But, um, 
what I noticed about New Frontiers is they're very much like um, the the eldership role within a church, which would be like the church leader. Like you have a senior elder, and maybe like a kind of a, a group of elders that would lead a church. It, that is a as a male role, um, which I always found very difficult. But then I also noticed that. Um, so I went to an, an Assemblies of God Bible College, and the big thing about that for me was um, they would never say that women aren't allowed to lead or be in a position of senior leadership. But um, even within the leadership team, while I was at Bible College, it's like 2010 to 2013, it was just men. Um, and they might have their wives, might kind of bring their wives onto um, stage or they might kind of um, talk about their wives, but their wives would never be in a position of actual um, kind of pastoring, leading, helping, right. directing. It's it's really interesting. Like, you know, New Frontier is very much this. This is what we believe and you're either on board or you're not. And other denominations like Assemblies of God, at least in the past, have been very silent, but still hold the same beliefs, but just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I just find that really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with Southern Baptist uh the deacons uh, in um, any, at least any Southern Baptist, I, I might not be speaking, I hope, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but um, at least any of the churches I have ever been to, um, deacons are only males. So it's only a male. And it's so funny to me because like you said, maybe the wives can, like essentially if you are a minister's wife, you do a bunch of unpaid. <laughs> You do a lot of work, but it's all unpaid and it's just like semantics, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really like the youth minister's wife is doing just about as much leading as the youth minister, but she's not allowed to be called a minister, not allowed to be called the youth pastor or whatever. It's silly. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I think just kind of reflecting on the Bible as well a little bit with it is um, obviously it was very much a patriarchal society, um, right. hopefully hopefully we aren't in that much patriarchal society anymore but uh, back then it definitely was more so in my opinion um but what's interesting is you see a lot of the the kind of key characters um almost being the women in the background who are doing loads of the kind of they're supporting um jesus and his friends they're even supporting paul yeah. um, as he's traveling around like he's getting donations from wealthy women they're looking after them they're feeding them they're clothing them they're making sure they're getting everything they need like it's these it's these females that we never really hear about but then we talk about the um the, you know the, the 12 disciples we talk about you know uh, paul or or whoever else and it's just this really interesting like di- dichotomy where like the, the the headlines and the people we really think about and focus on are, are men and the women are almost not even spoken about um yeah it's it's interesting i don't know i don't know do, do you have any uh, do you have any thoughts now you've kind of stepped away from christianity looking at the bible in that sort of through that sort of lens it might be different to mine which is fine oh yeah i mean it's it's really when you when you get to the point where you no longer view the bible as like authoritative you just kind of see it for what it is, which was people making their best guesses about um, God. And, um, you know, it, it was a very, like you said, a very patriarchal uh, society and a very, like, even even within, like, divinity um, is father and son. You know, it's a very male-driven and um, I remember hearing so many times that um, God values men and women the same. It's just their roles are, are different. It's like a very like separate but equal. And we all know how that works, <laughs> works out. Um, it, it, it's really just, um, it, but, but it's so, like I said about like, like semantics, like um, you've got these verses talking about how um, a woman shouldn't lead a man and, and all those kind of things. And but then you have these like prominent uh, female um, like people that will say like oh, no I'm not allowed to be a pastor but I'm gonna run a podcast or I'm gonna have a YouTube channel basically preaching um, but for some reason like that's different than than a person standing up on a stage like I, I don't understand like what's what's the difference here like and 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 you know the they'll say like, oh, well, I have to take all of the Bible. I can't cherry pick it, but are like you, you are cherry picking it. If you think like you interpret it as like, oh, it's a fine for me to have a like online platform, but it's not fine for me to stand on a stage. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. No, you're right. I, I haven't, haven't ever thought that before. That's really interesting there. Yeah. You kind of almost, almost getting around the kind of current cultural norms or expectations to 
to still step into the the calling or ministry that someone feels like they have um or for us it'd be like passion wouldn't it or a, a um maybe a calling in a non-spiritual way um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's really it's really it's really interesting i've not thought about it before yeah youtube some uh, youtube and, and podcasting has definitely helped a lot of people um step, sidestep that one I, I hope anyway um <laughs> fascinating okay and um i i, I was I've, I, so I've, you've said you've got two daughters. Is that, is that right? You're mentioning. So I've got two little boys, a five-year-old okay. and a almost three-year-old. And something I noticed the other day, I don't know, I, I'm unsure how, how old your, your children are actually. Probably best to ask that before I plow on. Uh, they're seven and four. Okay, so you, you'll probably understand this. So this would be, this'd be really interesting for two people that have left faith, probably similar sorts of time. Um, so I've noticed the other day, I was chatting to my eldest um, and he was saying to me, um, oh, you know, God's God's real daddy, but all the kids at school keep saying he's not. Um, but I keep saying that Santa's not real because I told him Santa's not real. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I've, I've ruined that for him forever. Um, anyway, so I, I said to him, Santa's not real. And he said, all the kids say Santa's real and God's not real. But I know God's real because God's in my heart. And I was like, so I said, yep, yeah, you know, son, that that is absolutely fine. Um, what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to just, you know, you, you you can believe that. It's absolutely fine. There's a lot of smart people out there who believe in God and, you know, whatever you want to believe at, you know, at your age of five, that's absolutely fine. Um, and just trying to explain to him that some people won't have the same beliefs as him was really interesting. Um, but we haven't been to church since March and we're now in November. So there's been a long time since at church and we haven't really spoken about god very much if if at all and um, so it's really interesting that he seems to have taken this notion that um god is real and god is in his heart from when we used to go to church almost like almost a year and a bit ago um at that young age and he's still kind of very much holding along to these beliefs now when he was like you know four or three and a half when we were really really engaged like i wasn't trying to deliberately teach him stuff and make sure he understood and kind of like brainwash him but he's clearly picked up so much just from being soaked in that environment and it's just crazy i don't know can you can you relate to that oh for sure um you know my kids uh, similar ages they have they have a lot of questions and um i know like my youngest she's four she she said the other day something like um mama do does god make buildings and i'm like no honey you know people make buildings she's like well how how do they make them so big you know and and just having this concept of like the buildings are so much bigger than people so how can people do that it must be something it must be god you know and i i feel the same way like we we didn't do a, a just a ton of like like daily bible studies with them or anything and, and we went to church um like once or twice a week uh, up until a year ago uh and then um, their grandparents are very religious uh both sides and so they get a lot of time with them um just like praying over meals and little bible stories here and there and that kind of thing so it's still very much like a part of them um like a part of their their background you know it's a in, and I don't, and I'm like you, I don't want to deny that um, for them. And, um, you know, so they'll, they'll say things like, well, can we pray at the dinner table? And I'm like, you know what, you can pray, you can pray at any time you want. Um, I don't feel comfortable doing that, but you always can. And we can always be respectful of other people's choice to pray. But, um, you know, and, and I know like a couple of times they've asked me like, well, well, why don't we go to church? I just will say like, well, it's just not something that daddy and I have decided is important to us. And, um, you know, your grandparents still very much think it's important to them and that's okay. And, and just giving them that very, like, anytime they ask a question or anytime they want to know something, giving them the authority to make up their own mind at the end of the day. Um, just like you're saying, like, um, with your son, like, he he has this idea of God and he wants to to make that decision for himself. And I, you know, I was never given that that choice. Um, I was told, of course, there's a God and every single other adult if also said there was a God. So like, why would I think any differently? And so um, you may like say it's your choice to ask Jesus in your heart or whatever the language you want to use. But when everyone is saying this is true this is true you don't actually have a choice so i i want to be very conscious about that in my parenting that i don't force atheism or agnosticism or whatever it is you know down their throats either i i want to give them the perspective of of that there's a lot of different ways to have spirituality you know 
Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's their decision. And even if they decide to believe in God or they change religions entirely or they, you know, yeah. don't know, believe in the flying spaghetti monster, whatever it is these days, like it's that's okay. As long as as long as they're for me asking questions and investigating yeah. and being critical, not like overly cynical, like not cynical, but critical of stuff. I think that's a really important element. Like people think being critical is being cynical. Like they are not the same thing. Um, right. Being critical is a really valuable tool. You can critically analyze something to work out what is the most likely thing to be the case. And if you do that well, you can learn a lot about the world through that. And that's how we come about the theories of evolution and we understand how the universe is. Like we've, we've critically analyzed the evidence that we have to hand and made decisions and made theories and got to where we are. Whereas if you're just cynical all the time, it just doesn't doesn't get anywhere. Yeah, I find that I find that fascinating. Okay, so um, I know for a lot of people, kind of the whole kind of conversation with their partner was a big thing. So just kind of giving you a bit of my backstory and then kind of love to kind of hear your thoughts on it for other people as well. So when I um, began kind of doubting or asking some really hard questions, my, my wife, um, she's very supportive, um, very loving and um, did it together in a really healthy way. But it's still been very challenging because we moved to a, a small town in Yorkshire uh, so I could be involved with uh, with a small church plant uh, for being involved in leadership there um, to move from a big city to a small town and kind of like yeah took my kids out of their school and you know moved everything and moved our friendships and uh, cut loads of ties and made loads of new friends and stuff and then to kind of gone to this position where I don't believe anymore and then she's now kind of trying to put those back together and um, like why why the heck are we in this like random town and what is going on with my children like they could be near their grandparents because the grandparents still live in this big city and um yeah it's just really interesting so i think the the big the big crunch for us was when i said to her like babe i'm really sorry but i i don't have control over what i do and do not believe but mm. i do not believe this anymore and i need you to know that and i need to work this through myself but with you as well in our relationship with our children and um you know to start off with that was a very very hard thing for her she was um you know saying things like um i don't know who you are anymore because uh, my my person was wrapped up in christ if that makes sense especially in she's still a christian and so her her view of christianity is still like that um, but she's come to a position now where she's much more accepting that I, I i'm on a journey so another thing that i'm changing about my life quite a lot is uh, is veganism which i won't go into here but anyway looking at kind of ethical living and all that sort of stuff which i'm really big on at the moment and um yeah, it was really challenging for us. I know quite a few friends and have been on a few other podcasts where they've you know, almost split up, where people have actually got divorced, where relationships have, yeah. have crumbled. And kind of what, what's your um, kind of reflection on that process? Because obviously you came to a different point with your husband, but still having that conversation, like we all, we're all in that point where we've got to have that awkward, hard, gut-wrenching, you know, heart in your throat conversation. Like how did you find that? Um, you know, like I said, my husband and I have always been very open with each other to you know, telling each other everything that we think and, and feel. And I I actually tried to have sort of a conversation with him back like um, months before when I first started having doubts. And um, so I would bring something up like, well, what do you think about this thing in the Bible, whatever? Do you think that it's true? And, and he would kind of be like, well, you know, um, and he told me that, like, when when we had that conversation, he's sort of playing devil's advocate. He was kind of like, well, you know, I um, it could be true. It all, it all could be true. But, you know, if you, you you just have to have faith at the end of the day that it is true. And, and that's what makes it faith and not like knowledge, you know. And so that kind yeah. of these things back together for me for just a little bit. But I still was being so, so um torn apart inside and then when I finally had that conversation with him I I had to know for myself that it was serious enough to have that conversation with him because I didn't want to because there you do have that potential of wrecking your marriage wrecking quote unquote wrecking you know um or whatever and so you want to be really sure for yourself that you believe something first sometimes um and so I, it, it was, it was um, this moment. It's so funny, like I said, that we both had done all of this deconstructing of our faith, but done it separately because of that fear and that 
um, because that's such a taboo thing to do when you're in church is to say like, well, I don't know if I believe this because you are allowed to have doubts, but only so far. And whenever yeah. you cross <sighs> that threshold of like, I don't think I believe any of this anymore, um, at least not literally, you know, that's a very vulnerable place to put yourself in. And so, yeah, that conversation, like I said, it ended up working out for me <laughs> and it ended up, um, you know, it, it started with one conversation and then we'd have more and more as time went on. And um, he, like I said, is he, he consider, considers himself an atheist and, and just sort of like a, like he's left and he's done. Like he doesn't have any sort of um, um, stake in, in it. He's just kind of like, you know what, I just don't believe it anymore and other people can and that's fine, but I don't. Um, but I keep wanting to have conversations about it. I want to like pick apart these things. And that's why I started my Instagram account. Cause he was getting tired of me talking about it all the time. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it's funny cause even like us, like he's more like full atheist and I'm more like, eh, I don't know, like, like some days I like the idea of God or the idea of like a, like divinity of some sort. And then other days I'm like, no, I don't, that, all of it sounds silly. So um, even within that, like we're, we're both very sure that we left Christianity, but where we've landed is like slightly different and being okay with that. Uh, because I think in the church, you really are taught that like your marriage should be like, you believe the same things all of the time. And if like you, you know, the whole unequally yoked thing, like um, if you believe something different than your spouse, then like, oh, it's all gonna like go downhill. and sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's not you know so kind of being comfortable with the fact that like we don't have to have the same exact views on everything yeah that's really good i think a big thing for for me was um was it's the fear of hell i guess like when you're mm -hmm. when you're stepping outside of a framework you still believe a lot of the things that are in that framework and the idea that you could what you're experiencing could be your road to hell um mm -hmm. you don't want to then make someone else begin down that path because of the conversations right. or the doubts that you're having so it's almost like you deliberately don't have those conversations for fear that you're going to spark something off in their brain that's going to cause them to you know begin having these um these moments like dark nights of the soul sort of yeah moments it's just it's bizarre like we just like we should be able to have open honest yeah. loving conversations with our family like it should exactly. it should be normal but it's so hard um yeah it was really interesting and really helpful i think Obviously, when you talk about this like dark night of the soul stuff, and when you kind of began to kind of realize that you don't believe um, for your reasons, like if someone was to come to you today and find your Instagram account and go, "Hey, look, I'm I'm really struggling." Like, what would be the things that you'd want to remind them, or encourage them, or inform them about? If you could say you could do that to yourself when you first started, what what would be the things you'd want to to, to tell yourself those years ago? Oh yeah, that's a really good question. Um... I, I do have a fair amount of people who come to my account. I, I think because my Instagram account is very, I, I'm very vulnerable with my words. I I'm, I don't really hold back um, when it comes to like how I'm feeling or how this has impacted me. And once again, I'm a, I'm a Enneagram four. I'm a very emotional, emotionally driven person. And so um, I think people see that and they, and they do come to me for questions and, but yeah, if I if I were to to be able to um, comfort my one year ago self that was leaving the church, I would want to tell her, you know, you are the authority of your life. Um, and I think I just never realized that I was living my entire life under this sort of once again that I thought that I was like leaving this small box mm. that I was raised with but really it was just maybe the box got slightly larger but I was still within a, a box of sorts and I think I would I would love to be able to to tell myself or to tell other people that are struggling like you get to make at the end of the day you get to make the decisions for your life you can't choose them for everyone else but you get to choose them for you it's just that autonomy that um that was huge for me when I finally left and, and as grueling and as hard as it was and, and still is sometimes, I felt free for the first time, <laughs> maybe ever, 
to make my own choices and to have my own view of the Bible, of Christianity, of religion in general, or, you know, whatever. And my own spiritual life was finally my, my act, actually my own. Um, so that's a, that's a huge one. And I think that's something that I, that I tell a lot of people about when they come to me for questions is, um, you know, a lot of times they're worried about what, how friends and family are going to react, which is scary. And um, I went through that myself and I'm still am kind of going through that myself. Um, but just telling them that like, you know, there, there are people here in this like deconstruction community that care about you. And then, and we were here for you and we've been through this and we're going through this, we're together. Um, and, it, and it, and I think like, it can seem very isolating. It can seem very um, like like no one else has ever done this before. No one else has gone through this. And um, and I remember just like Googling like ex-Christian thing, you know, like where do I go if I'm an ex-Christian? You know, what do, I, what do I do? And I ended up kind of finding this this little community on on Instagram. And I know there's some on like, like Facebook and then there's like podcasts and they're so helpful in, in being able to hear other people's stories and say like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person in the universe that is currently going through this. Um, I think that's so helpful even just to hear that, even if you're halfway across the world, you know, you know, we're not, we're not alone in what we're going through, you know? Yeah, that's really well said. And um, I think that's, I keep saying a big thing for me. I just, I just that's all I can reflect upon is, is my own story. So apologies if that's annoying. Um, no, 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 no. That's good. Um, I think a big thing I've noticed is that when you look at those that have left religion, it's not because they've woken up one day and gone, I don't, I can't be bothered or I want to sin or I don't want to be involved anymore. It's because they have lost something that they never thought they'd lose. Mm-hmm. And going through that process of realizing that you are, on a path that you did not start upon, but you can't help but finish is extremely painful. And I think that's when you turn to books and podcasts and these these sort of groups, communities that you spoke about, because you find solace and comfort in the fact that other people have not started something, but been put on something. It's almost like they have had no control over starting to doubt and question and, and realize they don't believe certain elements as the dominant they realize that oh my goodness, it's, it's all coming down. I think that's a big thing Christians don't understand is that this isn't a, I want to sin, I want to go and you know, I, I want to be able to be gay freely or anything like that. It's it's, it's much more about a, a, I want to know what I actually believe and I don't have any control over that journey. It just begins. And when it begins, you have nothing to do but to kind of put on your walking shoes and, and go down that road and see where it leads. And it's a uh, and And resisting brutal. it is actually probably more painful. That, that yeah. six months or so where... I kind of knew that I didn't believe anymore, but it was kind of forcing myself to was grueling. And I feel for people that are in that position where they have to, for for any amount of reason, because, you know, I, I do get some people who like still live with their parents and stuff message me. And, and, and I have to tell them like, your safety is your number one priority. If you think your family is going to kick you out because of a belief difference, which seems so silly to say, but happens, um, unfortunately. And and I've seen people, um, once again, these like kind of, I'm not going to name names, but like prominent um, Christian like bloggers, Instagrammers, YouTubers, et cetera, saying like that they find that biblical, that they, that they find it to kick their child out of the house for a difference in belief. Um, And so, you know, I do tell people your safety is the most important. And so if you have to fake it for a while, I feel for you, but sometimes you have to, Um, you know, and I do have a lot of people say like, well, is it worth it? Has it been worth it to tell your family? For me that it has, Um, I was, I'm very close, was it am very close to my family. And so, and we went to the same church, so they were going to notice that we were gone. Um, so a conversation needed to happen. But that was my own choice. And I'm a fully grown adult, with, you know, living separately. And and so, and it was still really painful and still is sometimes. And I still mourn for that, those relationships. Um, because though I still have my parents in my life and my and my brother and stuff that the relationships is never going to be exactly the same when you're kind of on this united front of 
everybody believes the same way. We all worship the same God. And then now I've got this thing that's different about me. It's still very painful and hard. Um, for me, it's worth it because, like I said, I value being honest and I value uh, being authentic. And I couldn't feel like I was my authentic self without telling them. But like my husband chooses not to have a full conversation with his family. Um, now there's been some little conversations here and there, like, why aren't you taking the kids to church kind of thing? And, and you know, that, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, he chooses to kind of just let things happen as they happen. And everybody kind of has to make their own choice when it comes to that. Um, and I'm sorry, this is kind of like a tangent, but um, that's like a, a very big part of like people asking me um, when they come to my, my account, they find my account and I'm very um, open with the fact that like I, my, my family knows that I'm um, not a Christian anymore. And, um, you know, sometimes it might not be worth it for people. And then sometimes it is. And, um, and no matter what, it's painful, but no matter what um, you have to make that decision for yourself and, and know that like, um, they don't, once again, they don't get to have the final authority on, on, on you. Yeah, well said. Uh, another big element of it, and I keep bringing big elements in, but another big element is, um, if God is real and you are seeking what you believe to be true, then surely you're going to find God. Like if God is real and he's true and you're seeking truth, then truth will reveal himself to you in the form of God. If that's what truth is like, it, it isn't as if people are trying to, you know, stick wool in their ears and run around blindly, ignoring a God that's screaming at them. Like that's not what's going on. It's, it's much right. more about that. What is real? What is true? Honestly, reflecting upon the Bible and how the universe created and philosophical questions, if you want to, whatever it is, like reading Christian books and atheist books and understanding what people are saying and where the battle lines are drawn and working out where you fall and why you fall there, what, what beliefs you hold and actually going, yeah, just recognizing if God's real, then he's bigger than these concerns and worries and questions and he should reveal himself. Um, and if he doesn't, that's another conversation. That's a, another piece of the puzzle, I guess. Um, okay. So, I mean, I guess kind of as you've walked away from this stuff and you've begun kind of openly talking on Instagram and talking to your family and things like, well, what are your kind of um, your goals or your ambitions now as you kind of step out of the um, out of the rubble of your faith, I guess? <laughs> uh, like I said, it's it, it's funny because there's people like my husband who are just like, well, I don't believe this anymore. And they can walk away, not easily, but they, they can walk away in a, in a capacity where they don't feel the need to continue to engage in these kind of conversations. And I can understand why, because it can be very triggering when you've experienced um, religious trauma, you know, which is a, a term that I didn't even know existed until um, like discovering, discovering these podcasts and, and Instagram accounts and that, and I um, uh, read the book, um, what is it even called by Marlene Winnell? Um, but it's, it's talking about religious trauma. And um, and so I do feel like sometimes continuing to engage in this, I'm like, is it even worth it? Because I do end up um, uh, triggering myself sometimes or feeling like, um, you know, when I end up engaging with this content that, um, that or, or or people that come to my account with the express purpose of like, telling me that I was not a true Christian or, you know, just saying these things that I can recognize um, is just them trying to make themselves feel better, but um, can be hurtful. Uh, but I continue to do it because I wished that there were more places like this a year ago when I first left. And, it, and I think even in this last year, the deconstruction community has grown immensely and and I hope it continues to because um, I was actually listening to your show when you were talking to I forget his name but the um, the graceful atheist um, David yeah yeah um, and he was talking about how like there's not really a, a good place for people who are deconverting to land sometimes and I thought that was like such a good point and I and I hope that we can continue to create these spaces where people can land and they can feel um, like they're 
they've left this community and, and they can come into this new one. And it's been that experience for me. I found through Instagram. Um, so uh, when I first started, I was, I think even in my like bio, I said like, I'm here to tell my story and I'm here to meet other people who are in the same place. And I've done those two things. I've made real friendships to people that I talk to now um, outside of Instagram. Um, uh, and it's been so, it really just having those friendships that are so um, meaningful that you can say whatever it is. Like, there's nothing that I can say to these type of friends where they're going to like, pearl clutch or like, you know, be like, oh, like, how can you say that? You know, um, they're just, it, you know, and we all kind of land in different places. Um, you know, some people will, will still say, call themselves a Christian, um, but they're okay with you being an atheist. You know, it, it's a very open sort of thing. And, and I want to continue to create those spaces for people um, and to be, even if, um, it's just a, a message on Instagram telling somebody like, hey, you you are uh, welcome here. You are loved. You're cared about. You're enough. Um, even if it's just that, I think it's worth it to to be able to be there for people and, and be that like soft place to land when people are. Because, you know, I, I have no interest in um, deconverting anyone. I, I have no interest in like, and I think like that was like a, a huge misconception that like I had and, and that definitely my parents had when I first left the church was like, oh, you hate God and you want like nobody else to believe in God. And, um, you know, you're trying to lead people astray. Like, no, I have no interest in that. Like deconstruction and deconversion, all of it, it's so painful and hard. And I would never want anyone to go through that. That is not, that doesn't want to. Um, I just want to be there for people who are going through that. And like you said, a lot of times or all the time, it's not a choice. <laughs> it's not like I woke up one day like, oh, I think I will, you know, leave the church and never come back and, you know, leave this faith tradition that goes back generations in my family. That sounds like fun. Like nobody, it's not a, it's not a good time for anyone, <laughs> at least at first. Um, but I want to be that part Um that place where people can land uh, not just me but you know you know large a larger community um be a part of that larger community where we can all share these ideas and be there for each other and, and it and it can be like a like a pretty judgment-free zone um and a and a place where you can ask questions and not be shunned and all those things so that's really he healthy i think um when i when i left Christianity I um engaged with a lot of kind of very heavy atheist stuff straight away um yeah. not that it was necessarily bad but it definitely um it's definitely almost I've almost had to like deconvert from hard atheism and <laughs> yeah. kind of like withdraw myself from certain Facebook groups and certain people who are speaking into my life that I felt were just almost being extraordinarily cynical and extraordinarily angry mm -hmm. and just really pissed yeah. at the church yeah. and sure there's a place of being angry at what you know oh, yeah. a religious institution has done not got a problem with that but it's much more like just a way that a lot of people just want to voice a very kind of unique frustration and not do that in a not deal with it in a healthy way maybe kind of processing it internally and writing about it and working it through and i think for me kind of like stepping back and realizing that i'm not necessarily this kind of like this scientific atheist that a lot yeah. of people that i respect very much are um has mm -hmm. been a big thing i think even now some some of our of our atheist listeners have mentioned the fact that i now don't know i was off a strict atheist as um has caused some stirring i find that it's just so interesting that we're so we're so caught up on labels like it's yeah. like oh yeah wh wait which which side of the fence are you on are you a christian an atheist like where are you like they're like well i'm actually more of an agnostic like oh well that's just you just can't be bothered making a decision then it's like it's really not what's being agnostic yeah. means, but yeah. but sure, if that's what you want to think. Um, so yeah, I think having having that place people can come to where they can have open, honest, real conversations where they don't get yeah. given you know the god delusion and told that this is actually now you know the the fifth gospel. Um, please <laughs> please read this Bible. one. Yeah, um, I think it's like a really helpful thing. Like sure, that book's really interesting and it will kind of open up your mind to a few new ideas and you can go away and read some actual philosophers after you've read Richard Dawkins. That's fine, but um, like having a yeah having that space is really important to be able to process these things. I think I mean I was I was, I was going to ask you kind of like when you 
first started rising you were leaving did you did you tend to listen to kind of more christian stuff or did you begin to listen to more kind of anti or non-christian things when you began to journey out yeah um so for the past like i would say even decade i really didn't consume a lot of christian content that's like makes me sound like i was a bad christian and maybe i I guess i was (laughs) i left but um (laughs) <laughs> I really like there's a few like um like Jen Hatmaker I and I still consume her content. Um I read her books and there's like a few um others here and there. Um but for the most part I really just like I didn't watch a ton of um so I really am like out of the loop like even now like leaving the church I'm hearing more about these like Christian influencers that I would have had no idea about cuz I really just it just wasn't the kind of content I engaged in. But when I started having doubts and started having like this ex- existential crisis of faith, I did seek out um, other people's stories. And a lot of times you're right. Those are like people who are strict atheists that are um, who will who will say, you know, God's not real and I, I don't have any evidence. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I still... Um, engage with some of that content uh but i really did see it as like here's christianity and here's atheism there's nothing in between you have no other choices like um and yeah i and i think like some people who are atheists they they handle it so well where they they um they'll say you know i don't i don't know that there's a god but i don't live my life in a way that there is one and then there's other people that will be like there is no god and if you believe in one you're stupid and and i don't really like that sort of content either because um it's just like trading one fundamentalism for another um and i'm not really interested in that i'm not really interested in like these very strict lines in the sand of like if you believe this you're dumb and you have to believe this because this is capital T truth and you know there's some things like that are true you know and there are places where you kind of like like with evolution and that kind of thing like that that happened that would you know and you have to kind of grapple with those sort of things but um there's other things where I'm just like we don't we can't actually know at like like talking about like heaven and hell and these kind of things like I'm at a place where I don't believe that there is an afterlife um but some people like that they like to believe that there's um you know a a universal heaven we all go to and i'm fine with that that's their choice and that's something that they want to believe in and they're not i I don't like the attacks of like calling people stupid for believing in something like that that gives them you know hope and comfort and you know that's i I just i i would i prefer to kind of delve into these these in-between spaces of like I don't know the answers but like hey let's talk about it let's have a conversation you know let's let's um like put it out all all out on the table and you know we'll we'll see yeah it's not um uh capital t truth sort of thing yes that's really good I um I agree. Yeah, I think it's so important to have these open, honest conversations. And um, yeah, you know, if someone believes in heaven and hell, that's okay. Um, I think it becomes an issue when they then begin to make their beliefs like the the beliefs, the big T's, and mm-hmm. begin to make it the yeah the be all end all, and start telling people they're going to go to hell if they believe stuff. And yeah, it's very um it, it can be very challenging because you, you you can see it tipping quite quickly um i mean i think sam harris this is like a proper proper atheist book um uh, in um letter to a christian nation which is a book i read a couple of times now he he speaks about this kind of like um this idea that you can just be a kind of a regular believer but actually because you still hold some of the truths that fundamentalists might hold and um, it's almost like you're giving them a pass to be fundamentalist in in what they're espousing and, and claiming to be truth and um, which is a really interesting idea anyway we probably should get into it here but yeah it's just an interesting one which is obviously the hashtag of the show is interesting so uh yeah it's good to get that in there somewhere um <laughs> gotta get that in yeah somewhere um okay cool oh, cool really really helpful and i guess kind of um talking about podcasting and stuff i've mm-hmm. noticed recently on your instagram you're asking the question to your followers about youtube or podcasting and i think it's leaning <laughs> more towards podcasting which sounds very exciting but i don't know if you want to share any more or talk a little bit about it here 
Uh, yeah, it's um, I'm kind of just in the beginning phases of trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with it. But um, I think I um, will be starting something, um, some sort of podcast, uh, a deconstruction podcast talking about my story, talking about um, just sort of taking different topics. The, the idea anyway is to take different topics and just have a conversation about it or not even a conversation because I, I kind of want it to be solo um, but just having a stream of consciousness about uh, whatever it is and then always having my Instagram account as a place where people can find me and and continue that other side of that conversation um, but I like I said when I first left the church it was so helpful for me to hear other people's stories and even you know when they were very different than mine still knowing that there were other people out there that went from a devout believer to not a believer was so helpful and I, I couldn't get enough I consumed that content so much so uh, sometimes I'm like well is you know do I need does there need to be another podcast out there like other people doing this but I, I don't think that there can be enough I don't think that I think everyone's voice is, is welcome here and it's not um and I, I you know I've noticed this and uh I don't know if other people have noticed as well but the like deconverting deconstruction um community there's a lot of females on Instagram but in podcasting, it seems to be more male driven. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I do think that there could be some more female voices. And so I kind of hope to add that to the mix, you know, so. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was literally about to say like two things you got going for you, I think is the fact that you have the ability to tell your story extremely well. I've noticed that on your Instagram, like you, you have these videos that come up and um, you're just there for five, 10 minutes, just expressing and talking and sharing. And you don't need someone else like me, me and Dave almost like we need that bouncing off each other mm -hmm. to kind of get the conversation going. But you, you kind of come, you're very articulate and you, you know what you're going to say, you get your point across well, and it's done and you know, it's done really effectively. So you've got you've got that going for you. And also like, you don't have many podcasts these days that are a single person yeah. um so i think that's a really powerful thing as well like i mean i'm sure you have guests on at random points and yeah. different things but having the ability to have a topic where you're just kind of uh, as you mentioned the stream of consciousness i think is is actually quite rare um and yeah you, you mentioned the kind of the whole like females being within the podcasting world it is it's extremely rare like i think i've got one podcast which is the michelle obama podcast that is led by a woman that's the only podcast i have on my feed that is led by a woman so there you go yeah, um there's definitely yeah. definitely a space that is ripe to to move into so please do yeah well, well um i will let you know <laughs> whenever that happens um it's it's like i i was saying before we started recording it's very overwhelming all of the um like getting the right equipment and the right like editing software and i and i think maybe that's like uh, it, it's just a very like why there aren't more podcasts is because it, it is it's an intimidating startup process and I like I have to just feel like okay you know what I'll I'll figure this out and I and I'm a perfectionist so I, if I put something out there I want it to be perfect and so I think that like scares me a little bit of like well if I put it out there my audio is bad and all of these things so I don't know we'll we'll get there and I just kind of need to to give myself a little push but I think so. I think that the big thing about it is you reach you reach an audience on Instagram, but hey, not everyone's on Instagram, but most people listen to podcasts. So at least you then have like another third, say, of the internet that could find you. And then you know, if you moved into another sphere at some point, you began a YouTube channel as well or something like you, you you are moving from one group of people and you're going to begin to encompass like maybe if you look at like a what they call you've got one circle another circle and they're overlapping as a word yeah, for the venn diagram um, yeah. venn diagram there you go you basically got to have like a venn diagram with your instagram <laughs> yeah. and then your podcasting and eventually you have another circle with something else and just just begin to do it slowly like you've done really well with the instagram account and you've got a lot of followers and you're you're definitely reaching people and touching people in a way that's really important and uh, allow the podcast to become that slowly and let it be your baby like let it be the thing that you're yeah. going to do Bit by bit, and you'll learn so much from it. Like I've learned tons. I mean, Dave still does all the editing, but you know, so that audio quality and yeah, buying a microphone and making sure that I've got something set up and thinking about buying a Zoom license because Skype is just really, really irritating me because it's so poor. Um, you know, just stuff like that. You just, just, just enjoy the journey. I guess is a big thing with it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, appreciate the encouragement. It's, um, you know, I and I think like 
striking that balance, I, I never sought out, like, I never started my Instagram to be, like, an influencer or to try to, like, tell anybody else, like, here's the way you have to believe. It was just literally to tell my story and to meet other people. And through that, I think I have been able to help people, um, but not in a, not in a, like, here's this prescriptive way that you have to to deconstruct but just in a in a supportive role and I think I want to continue to be that in in different aspects um along along this way and um like I said I, I can't stop engaging in this content and so uh you know I I, I need to find more outlets for it so I think a podcast is probably the next step <laughs> amazing amazing Cool. And Rachel, as we begin to look at wrapping things up, I'm afraid to say, um, how can people get hold of you? How can they follow you and find out more about you? Sure. Um, my really my only um, thing right now is um, Instagram. It's just at I quit Christianity. Um, and I answer DMs over there all the time. Um, so so pop in there and 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 let's talk. So. Yeah, that's I, I don't have any any other social media app right now. I don't really like Facebook. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so I don't have a Facebook or um or anything like that. But uh if you contact me on Instagram, I'll answer. I answer all my DMs unless they're creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Time to time. If they're creepy or if the, you you get those messages like I said where they're they're just trying to invalidate you, I usually just delete those. But if it's a real a real message, I will answer it. <laughs> Yeah, from an actual person. That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's been really good to have you on the show, Rachel. Thank you for coming along. Yeah, it's been great. And it went by so fast. <laughs> it flew by. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.